As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. From the shores of Malibu where the waves are pumping to the Great Wall of China and back to the streets of Abu Dhabi where the UFC is having shows. <laughs> we are live. This is It's Time Radio, the show where we talk about what you think about but maybe afraid to voice. Do not worry. We will voice it for you. We talk about everything on It's Time. UFC, President Trump, presidential debates, politics, COVID-19, sex, drugs, rock and roll, you name it, it's No Holes Barred Radio, folks. We're all about it. And I'm here with my co-host, TJ DeSantis. TJ, I am back from Abu Dhabi, and I'm not going to say, boy, are my arms tired, but I am feeling a little bit of jet lag. Really? I couldn't tell. I mean, you sound thunderous as ever. No, I, when, I, when I say jet lag, actually, what I did when I was there, and I think a lot of the people tried to... My normal routine was to stay on U.S. time because, as I said the other week, the show started at 3 in the morning. So, right. basically, it was best for me to go to sleep around noon, sleep till about 10 o'clock at night, stay up all night. I'll tell you some of the activities we did as we go farther in the show at nighttime. And I, I maintained that schedule for the 10 days or whatever I was there, and it worked out just great. I got back. I landed at uh, 1130 Sunday night. Uh, my driver picked me up. I was home by 4 in the morning. And um, I'm good. I'm good. But um, when I say lag a little bit, it's just like kind of adjusting to all the business I've been away from and everything and just being inundated the moment I woke up on Monday, which is a pleasurable thing because unlike a lot of people during these times, I'm very busy. I have a lot of work, so I'm just going to enjoy and kiss the ground. I wake up and walk on uh, and enjoy the fact that I am busy. So let's not call it jet lag. Let's call it getting back into business. Right. Playing catch up. <laughs> yeah, playing catch up. Listen, while I was in Abu Dhabi, there's a lot of things to talk about. We had a hell of a show at 2.53, uh, three more shows going, and I'll be back in Abu Dhabi. I'll leave back on October 14th. I'll be there for a total of nine days for one show for the reason being of the safety and protocol, the testing that all has to be in place, and flying the chartered Etihad jet, which uh, person I'll go over on, which I'd much rather do than fly commercial and land in London, wait around, and then fly to Abu Dhabi. So I'll take the safe route, be there a few extra days, Enjoy the beautiful W Hotel. Um, I can't, again, say enough, and I'm sure our guests will back this up, that the courtesy and service of everybody at the W Hotel, everybody in Abu Dhabi was just beyond uh, first class, beyond five-star. Uh, nothing to complain about there. Uh, first name basis, gifts being thrown at me daily by people. It was, it was just really, really a wonderful experience to make the stay worthwhile, and not just for me, I think for everybody there, but we'll get another take on it. Uh, right now, I'd like to bring on our guest, somebody that I've become a friend with and also at the same time admire his progression in his career, what he's doing, everything he's putting together. A lot of people that watch the show will know him as the Schmo, <laughs> watch the show and know him as the Schmo. But I like to talk about the man himself, and and pardon me if I'm saying your name correctly, but I'll make sure I know it, Dave, because I talk to you by a first name basis. But Dave uh, Shmulison, did I say that correctly, Dave? Close enough, uh, Schmolensen, but uh, it's a long one. So I totally is, is that like Norwegian? It's Prussian. So prior wow. to uh, World War II or World War One, a mix of German and Prussian. 
um, country that doesn't exist anymore. Well, it exists in my collector's trophy room because I have a Prussian sword, you know, one of the swords they used during the day and a lot of collectibles from back then. But, you know, Dave, you're known to, to UFC fans and to MMA fans in the, a, a character that you developed called the Schmo. But as you come on, and I'm happy that you came on as Dave because you're a very intelligent, very interesting and entertaining man. Um, let's talk about this now. I've watched your career grow. And when I first saw, I was like, who's this guy? You know, it was like, wow, that's a that's a punch in the face, the character and everything else are very entertaining. But it's grown. It's grown to the point that you're on Media Row. Dana invites you to events. Uh, you're basically in a very short period of time where a lot of people in the media dream about being and and really work hard to get there. Um, tell us about this. How did you come up with the character, the Schmo? And um do you agree that it's a fast progression in your career to where you're actually sitting at a UFC event right now? I appreciate that, Bruce. Uh, let me just start off by saying this. Legends like you have paved the way for me to create a character like the Schmo. Uh, because not only are you very talented at what you do, you're also an entrepreneur. And for me to create the Schmo and do what I do, entrepreneurship has to come first. It has to be a business. But I created the Schmo back in 2016 while I was working for USA Today Sports Media Group. And I created the character essentially because nobody gave Dave Schmolenson a chance to be on camera. I graduated the University of Arizona in 2012 um, covering our, I had a pregame show covering our basketball and football team uh, for Arizona Athletics and Cat Nation. At the same time, I was studying for the, um, for the LSAT. Um, I thought I would get into sports law and sports broadcasting was always just a hobby of mine because I figured when I was in high school and I was always an avid sports and athlete, I, I loved the game of basketball. When I realized uh, at 16 that I was never going to be a professional basketball player, the next best thing to do would be talking about sports or being involved in management with sports. So um, I basically um, was grinding in uh, sports production since 2012. Um, I was interning for free at Comcast Sports at Chicago. I picked up two degrees in personal training to, to pave the bills. Uh, I moved out to California at uh, January 2013. Um, I worked at the NFL Network on weekends. I, I, I took a job in international distribution for Stars Movie Channel, uh, selling movies and distribution rights. Then I ended up taking a job consulting sports websites at USA Today, and that's where I kind of learned that my path would be talk sports to find a way to get on camera, make friends with editors and whatnot. And that's where the courage to create the character. And, you know, it's, I say it's Craig Sager meets Rodney Dangerfield sports first comedy. Second, I listen to the digital mobile age. Uh, athletes get the same generic questions from media members, um, whether you're a baseball player or you want to before you hit a home run, you struck out, or if you're an MMA, MMA player uh, and a, MMA athlete, you win a title belt. Oh, how does it feel? You know, the same type of, you know, same standardized question. So I created the character, self-deprecating way, the schmo, to uh, showcase the athlete's personalities at my expense. And I had a buddy who's a producer, Jimmy Kimmel, back in 2016 that pushed me to do some YouTube videos. And it wasn't overnight. One thing led to another. But the best pivot I made back in 2018 was pivoting from covering the NFL and the NBA to mixed martial arts and the boxing world, combat sports. And and really, that's where you kind of see this character rising to where it's been in a short amount of time. But it's been it's so the answer to your question is, in the long run, it feels like I've been grinding for a long time. And I have in all sports in general. But in terms of MMA and the UFC, 
there is kind of a, a fast track to, uh, to the limelight. I was going to say, there's nothing quick about that journey. That's a no. long journey, man. And that's, I mean, that's something that I think a lot of people don't realize is they, they come to, you know, know you in, in this tiny period and see the evolution and think, oh man, this guy came in from overnight. But like, dude, that's a lot of work. That's, that's a lot of things that had to break your way just to get to the part where people are like, hey, this guy's just invented a gimmick and now he's here. Well, it's, it's a lot of work, but at the same time, uh, Dave, let me ask you, how old are you? I'm 30. That's quite an accomplishment for a 30-year-old at that pedigree and, and the uh, resume that you just routed off. I mean, that's quite an accomplishment, seriously. So kudos to you, my friend. That's Distribution lot, rights, that seems like that's probably a whole thing of like stories that we don't even know about. Like, I don't know what that job's like. How was uh, it? Um, just, uh, the best thing I could have done was I trademarked this character. I, I, the best thing you can do is invest in yourself. And I've always believed in myself very early on. And as you know, a lot about this, Bruce. So I've invested a lot of money to trademark the schmo, the schmo zone, the schmo and the pro, and just knowing that it will pay off over time. And I just needed to continue grinding and, uh, the, what transitioned and pivoted everything was that press conference at UFC 236 in Atlanta. I had been covering uh, the UFC for 10 months till that time. And I would always bring the athletes on, the schmo and the pro on camera, have them together with me. And that's still my bread and butter. But I would never ask a question and be on other people's platforms. And finally, right. when things clicked, where I finally asked a question at that press conference, I had planned that for three weeks. I got an amazing reaction out of Dana. My, my life was never the same since. Well, you know, Dana can have that effect on people. He's had on, that effect on many people. So um, kudos to Dana for realizing the quality and the entertainment value in you and backing you and getting you, helping you get to the point you went to. But nothing takes away from your own personal efforts. That's hey, really what it's all about. Real quick, Bruce, we've talked about trademarks and stuff for, forever. And mm -hmm. I think about the name, the Schmo. Well, I've never heard the name, the Schmo before you, but I've heard like Joe Schmo and, you know, any Schmo off the street. Was it hard to actually get those trademarks and and do you have to actively pursue things to uh, uphold them yeah well uh, once you go through the process they're, they're pretty good there for seven years um you just you have to hire a really good trademark attorney yep. and you're right i mean schmo's a yiddish name it's self-deprecating it's stupid person it's yiddish so my last name being schmolenson schmol schmoly that's all my types of nicknames growing up i just want to do something that what would work and that would stick and the schmo, that type of character and the pro, uh, it just came together. So um, I didn't trademark schmo, I trademarked the schmo and I proved that I used it. So I had to convince my bosses at USA Today to allow me to create a show, build a set. And when I started creating articles for them and I started bringing in athletes, um, I was able to prove that this is mine, this is my baby, I showed a logo with it. So. You just have to build a track record of using yeah. this and being that person, and then it's a pretty pretty easy uh, sell from there. That's yeah, right. Exactly. And you own that yourself, right? So you're free to go do whatever you want forever. Uh, more or less, yes. So that, that, that's the key point. But, you know, he's absolutely correct. If you don't show you – so people think you come up with something, you can trademark it. There are certain countries you can do that in. I think England allows you to trademark uh, without any proof of use. But here in America, you have to have proof of use. And that's a good thing because you don't want to have it so open that people can just trademark anything, right? And it's interesting how you took a word that in the American dictionary basically means 
and I'm only saying what it says, a stupid person or gives an example that the jerk disappeared or whatever, to take that and work it into a positive angle for a positive moment like you've done or a positive character like you've done is, it's anything short of brilliant, to be honest with you, Dave. So I, I'm very impressed by it. Let's, uh, let's uh, while we're talking about this, let's go into the schmo for about a couple minutes here and uh, tell us about your experience in Abu Dhabi. How about if we do a little uh, Superman uh, telephone change-up? Telephone All right, change up. I'll just put on the glasses and I'll let you know. That's it. All right, Bruce, as you know, the schmo was on the same flight back with you. We just got back Sunday evening, still a little bit jet lagged, but uh, it's like we never left. That left Abu Dhabi, the hospitality, top notch. The schmo finally got that interview with the pro Bruce Buffer. It was an amazing event. Israel Adesanya obviously got the result that we expected, but he pieced together a brilliant performance and really made Paulo Costa look easy. It's pretty amazing when you look at Israel Adesanya's last three fights and think, wow, uh, Calvin Gaslam, out of all those names, Yoel Romero, Robert Whitaker, and now uh, Paulo Costa, uh, he got the best of them, Calvin Gaslam, in terms of just nicks on the face, going the full five rounds. Amazing event. The hospitality is great. And uh, looking forward to being back there uh, in a couple of weeks, just like yourself. Well, it was a great experience, you know, being there with you. And the interview that we did together was, was pretty fun. I'm just really sorry uh, that I didn't have any of Pumpture's Chance uh, bourbon <laughs> left for the schmo to taste because John Anik and Paul Felder and, and another watching the Celtic game drank the entire bottle the night before. So for that, I apologize to you, schmo, but I guarantee you that when I do see you next time, that will tilt back some great puncher's chance bourbon and you'll be able to taste the true flavor of the finest bourbon on the market today. But thank you so much for that interview. Got a lot of views and uh, you ask all the right questions, you know, and it was very enjoyable, very enjoyable. And great to see you by the octagon when I'm announcing. It's very, very cool. It's great to be in the presence of greatness. And, and Bruce, you're certainly greatness. I mean, when people think of the UFC, they, they, there's a certain characters that come to mind. You know, the Joe Rogans, the John Addicts, the Bruce Buffers, the Dana yeah. Whites. The, this continuity that's been established in this great sport. So it's really nice to be there and to see your brilliance up close and personal. And uh, the schmo takes a lot of inspirations from your jackets too, by the way. Uh, you are the best dressed guy there. The schmo is trying to be the second best dressed guy. There. I got to tell you, I've seen a couple jackets on the schmo that have made me think about uh, some future designs for the buff. So it's working. Most definitely working. Hey, listen, thanks very much for coming on the show, Schmo. I, we need to go to our other guest, Dave, right now. But it's really a pleasure. I look forward to seeing you at the next show. I'm going to be at the next pay-per-view in Abu Dhabi. Is the Schmo going to be there? The Schmo will be there. We, I heard you say you fly there October 14th. We yes. get there October 9th so we can see uh, the zombie in Ortega as well. Oh, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome. Well, let's uh, tilt back a couple of drinks, you and um, your cohort, Helen, and let's just have a good time. Can't wait. Let's do it. We'll see you soon. All right. Take care, Schmo. Thank you so much. Thank you guys for having the Schmo. There you go. So Dave, I, I, oh, I, I love it. I love the transition. I, I, I think it's great. I love it. I, love I just it. felt like uh, a kid at a pro wrestling show and they told him that it was fake. Like my heart <laughs> just got ripped out of my chest. Wrestling's not fake. <laughs> Man. Like that famous line from my movie, Ready to Rumble. Remember that? What he said? Oh, of course. <laughs> Fake. <laughs> I absolutely love that movie, Ready to Rumble. Um, yes. Oh my gosh. I'm glad you just brought that up. And and wrestling too. <laughs> Diamond Dallas Page, uh, huge influence. Rock, Macho Man Randy Savage grew up 15 minutes from where I grew up in the suburbs of Chicago. So he was always a huge influence of mine. But 
those wrestling promos are fantastic. So modernize those to the digital audience. Um, See, you know, the, the schmo would be a good wrestling valet. I'm just saying, like, I kind of want to see that before uh, this whole thing is said and done. I could see the schmo in professional wrestling. I mean, yeah. I, uh, Dave, I worked in professional wrestling with my brother Michael managing him in the WCW days, and Randy Macho Man Savage ooh, was, a, was a friend and a great guy and just always in character. You know, Hulk Hogan, all these guys, Sting, everybody. Uh, Diamond Dallas Page now, if you know what he does, he's big into yoga. That's his yoga. career. And uh, staying very healthy doing that. But what, what, what an amazing amount of shows those were. We were back in the days in WCW when they wanted everybody to think that if you got punched in the face by Hulk Hogan 20 times, it was real, right? We all know it's sports entertainment, but people in the know like you, me, and TJ, we know these guys get hurt all the time. Putting oh, on It's incredibly dangerous. Incredibly dangerous. Yeah, it's, it's terrifying. It's a stunt show, wrong move, wrong second, wrong take, boom, you're hurt. Even oh, Owen Hart, exactly, the yeah. fall that killed him, and amongst others, and even great uh, MMA fighters, UFC fighters like Boss Rutten. Um, you know, he's a buddy, and he's told me on more than one occasion, he goes, I said, Boss, what's the worst injuries you ever had? Professional wrestling, period. That was yeah. it. You know, one thing that I'm curious is, is we talk about pro wrestling, and some of those pro wrestlers, you, you mentioned uh, Randy Savage, Bruce, never really getting out of character, getting out of the gimmick. Yeah. Um, they were kind of forced to keep that up because yeah. it was the nature of the beast but like uh dave do you ever feel like you're forced to be you know on if you will i mean now we don't have a lot of fans around but do you ever feel like man i just want to be done for a minute i want to be dave 100 percent um especially in the dog summer days here in vegas and i have to commit to wearing the turtleneck and the jacket <laughs> yeah seriously. i mean it is it is hot the summer months make it extremely difficult and you know, but uh, you have to keep up when the glasses are on and I can't take them off. I have to stay in that character. But I feel like with the pandemic and with the situation we're in right now at the UFC, I've, I've gone to be Dave a lot more than I'm accustomed to. And I can't complain about that. But look, at the end of the day, I'm just grateful and very, very blessed that I can wake up every day, talk sports and make people laugh. That's always been my end goal. And, I, I just uh, hope you like the color yellow because, I mean, everything's yellow, man. <laughs> of course it's better than seeing like brown or orange or any of those dark shades so yellow right. uh and especially you know what people don't realize too because i wear these near the octagon and those those lights can be very very bright oh for sure this this totally uh damps it down a little bit and i enjoy that so i don't have that glare in my eyes and i could i can really enjoy it even more no, those lights are so bright. Like, you know, I'm, I'm salt and pepper and gray and everything. But sometimes on the show, it looks like I'm complete, completely gray on top yeah. because the lights just hit you, you know, and they really light it up. Listen, your attitude is similar, very similar, if not exact, to what I expressed earlier. That's the attitude that's going to take you all the way. The attitude of being humble, the attitude of accepting and, and, and uh, enjoying and, how do I say this, being grateful for the positions that we have in life. And also, as I mentioned to you before, my attitude is every time I walk out into the octagon, no matter what night it is, after 25, almost 25 years of being in the octagon, every night's my first night that I have to prove to myself the powers that be and the fighters and the people watching, the great fans of, of the MMA and UFC, that I deserve to be standing in that octagon. That is the attitude that keeps me going, keeps my passion flowing. And as I said to you on your interview, when my passion starts waning, I'm going to announce I'm going to retire. I cannot continue to do what I do without passion. And I suspect from the way you are that you're very passionate about what you do and all it takes to get done 
which you have to get done. So kudos to you again for the second or third time on this interview because you deserve every one of them. Hey, Bruce, definitely. You, you can you can back me up on this. When when Bruce brought you up to come on the show, Dave, I was like, I don't want to do it. Yeah, he was. <laughs> and I'll tell you why, because I didn't think that 45 minutes or 30 minutes or however long this is of the schmo would be something that I could tolerate because I don't know how to address the schmo. I don't know how to talk to the schmo. But kind of getting to know you a little bit and then understanding uh, the, the character and, and how you how much thought you've actually put into it, I think I might be a fan of the schmo. I'm a fan of the schmo. That. I'm a fan of the schmo. Because, I mean, I... here's the thing. The schmo makes me feel a certain way, and that's what actually great pro wrestling characters do. It doesn't necessarily mean you like them or you love them, but it makes you feel something. I feel something. Not necessarily the way I want to feel, but I feel something, and that's something. Then he's doing his job. He's accomplishing exactly what he set out to do. Yep. Definitely. And, you know, you brought up another subject here about self-deprecation. Um, for people that understand what the word self-deprecating is, kudos. For people that are questioning what that is, basically it's that the ability to make fun of yourself, the ability to laugh at yourself. I mean, I, I just released, uh, at, I filmed and it was just released a, a national uh, commercial for Manscaped, right? Where I'm popping out of the shower and, <laughs> and you know, putting on the big schmo for a guy, big schmo, excuse me, putting on the big show for a guy that's manscaping himself. And his girlfriend is so pleased to see that he's, he's doing what he's doing. But, you know, it's that's getting staying in character and getting out of character while being in character is part of a success formula that applies to characters. Right. Not that I'm a character. I'm Bruce Buffer. But, you know, for the schmo, it works. And for me, as the USC announcer, a.k.a. Bruce Buffer, it works, too. And I have a lot of fun doing it. If you can't laugh at yourself in this life, I think you might have a little bit of a problem. Got to be able to relax and be able to laugh yourself, be able to be able to share yourself with fun. And that's exactly what you're doing. Most definitely. So let me ask you a question. Now we were at 253. The, the night was a very exciting night. There's no question. I mean, kudos to Jan Bojevich, uh, his performance as a two and a half to one underdog uh, coming out and moving forward and, and taking, you know, taking the uh, crown Adesanya. Uh, do you guys feel that Adesanya basically Shutting down Paulo. I mean, I have tremendous respect for Paulo. I'm a huge fan of Paulo. He's a friend. I, I, I just don't think Paulo showed the way Paulo wanted to show that night. Or is it because Adesanya is just so good that he uh, just took him out of his game? How do you look at that? Little column A, column B. Um, uh -huh. I, I feel like Paulo wants a rematch, and a lot of people are going. There's no way he deserves a rematch. Um, well, he wants it because it, of the humping. Act right. I get that. But end, yeah. but here's the thing. Paulo Costa is one of the best middleweights on the planet. He will get his rematch. He may have to win three or four more fights. Yeah. But, I mean, the, the, the guy never lost a fight before, and he lost to arguably someone who's trying to uh, pen a legacy of becoming the, the greatest middleweight of all time, and a lot of people are jumping aboard that bandwagon. I don't think Paulo Costa deserves a rematch yet, but he will definitely earn one at some point. As long as these guys both stay in the middleweight division and where they're at, they're going to fight uh, sooner rather than later. I, I would say within the next two, two and a half years. And, uh, yeah, I, I think that the next meeting will be better than the first one because I'm sorry. Like I felt a, a lot of ways. We talked about this last way, Bruce, that when you were off as long as, as Costa was, you don't want to come back and fight the best of the planet, but that's how the UFC works. There are no easy fights. And when someone yeah. says, look, I'm giving you a middleweight title opportunity. You have to say, yes, look at Carl Parisian. He had a title fight with uh, Matt Hughes on the books pulled a, or I think he tore his hamstring. Never got back to that opportunity again. Had to come back, fight a Diego Sanchez, and the, the rest is history. Caro never really lived up to uh, those expectations. So uh, when, when Costa gets the opportunity and earns the opportunity the second time around, it'll be a much better fight.
I agree. As long as he stays in the middleweight division, there's still that question, will he move up? I mean, the man does walk around at 240 pounds in between fights. Right. And there's a big difference. There's a big uh, difference in in the talent, I think, in those two divisions right now. And, and, you know, light heavyweight, obviously, uh, just crowned a new champion. I think Costa could be an immediate factor at 205. We'll see. What do you think, Dave? Yeah. uh, Israel has now won seven. He's now beaten seven of the top 15 currently ranked UFC middleweights. Right. I think we can't take anything away from him. He is at such a high level of striking that you can say by far he's the best striker in the UFC right yep. now. How he picked apart Costa, the precision from the very beginning, how he was opening up with those calf kicks. He's able to slow him down. We couldn't see – we don't even know essentially if Paulo even followed a game plan or what the game plan was because Israel was able to dictate the fight and strike him the way he strikes. Uh, in terms of what's next for Apollo, if he's to stay in that 185-pound division, he's got to fight guys that are at his level. I wouldn't be opposed to seeing a rematch with Yoel Romero, and that would be an entertaining fight just to stay there because if you look at the, what's going on at the top of the division, a lot of the guys are booked the Jokers, booked with Darren Till, and obviously we're going to get uh, Whitaker against Jared Cannonier. Uh, we assume that the winner of that fight is going to be next to the title shot. So if Paulo's to stay in 185, you know, a Yoel Romero rematch, maybe that puts him one more fight away from getting that title rematch. But, um, you know, I don't want to take anything away from Izzy because uh, it's extremely impressive. And just the way to see how he's kind of walked out of the octagon unscathed against those three previous opponents that I, pr- I just mentioned, uh, we're watching somebody that uh, can go down as one of the all-time greats in our sport. Hands down. I'm curious where you guys think he is on that hierarchy because no doubt about it, Anderson Silva is the greatest middleweight uh, of yeah. all time. But as years progress, the, the competition should get stiffer. And you should think that the middleweight division that Israel Adesanya is dominating right now was more talented than the division that Anderson Silva faced. And, and I look at that and I think that is slightly true, but the name value that Anderson, you know, took on back in the day was a little bit higher. I think about, you know, the Dan Henderson uh, fight. Dan was the, the pride middleweight champion at the time. Um, he, uh, or, or former, I mean, it was a weird sort of welterweight champion. I think they called it over there. It was like 183 or whatever. But, like, the, right. the bottom line is uh, Adesanya, I feel, is, is fighting more well-rounded fighters than, than, you know, Anderson Silva did in the earlier part of his UFC run. Um, but I don't know. I, I feel like, Adesanya's probably a lot closer to that uh, GOAT consideration than, than most people are even sort of giving him credit for right now. Yeah, but they're going to give more credit as time goes on. I do sure. agree with you that the, uh, the skill factor and, and not putting anything down about the fighters that fought Anderson Silva nor Anderson Silva himself, but as the natural evolutionary process of progression happens in any sport or in life itself is that people get stronger, bigger, faster, you know, all that. And that's right. what we're experiencing in MMA. So you look at, Adesanya, you know, with his, and, and quote me if I'm wrong, his 100 kickboxing fights, his boxing fights, his less than 20 MMA fights, and all he's established in the MMA fights, his pedigree is superiorly golden. I mean, it, it's amazing. Now, his personality, the way he carries himself, everything, I wasn't particularly happy with the, you know, the humping motion at the end of the fight. That is not what I'm all about. You know how I am about all that kind of stuff. It happened. Okay. It's there. It upset Paulo. Um, but at the same time, the man is a showman. It's just like when I was announcing him and going into his corner. And he even said to me at the airport, we were flying back, he noticed how when I went, I did a, if you noticed, uh, Dave, I, when I did it, and I never know what I'm going to do until I do it, but I went Israel and my, I, I jumped from left foot to right foot forward, you know, 
the style bender, left foot to right foot forward. You know, Adesanya left to right foot. And he said he loved the shuffle. And he said he was so into the thing. Otherwise, he would have shuffled with me at that moment, you know. So maybe there'll be a moment, a shuffling moment in the future if it ever happens with them. And then at the end, when he goes like this, right, as I'm saying his name is yeah. something I've never done because I stand on the back. It's, the show's not about me. It's about the fighters. I'm doing my thing. But he wanted me in there. So, of course, I'm going to grab that moment like a commentator grabs a great moment to commentate or the Shmo would grab a great moment to make a statement or TJ, you know, a key moment as you're commentating. And you grab the moment and it made for what I was told, good TV, more excitement, and then it allowed him to react the way he wants. I mean, he is a showman. Just so, don't tear anything, Buffer. No more tearing <laughs> ligaments, all right? Just know that if I tear anything, you won't know about it till after I tear it, <laughs> as true. usual. It's That's all true. true. And it's something a little puncher's chance can't help you with. In the, in the That's it. Where is that guy? Oh, it's a little early, but I've got it right here. Puncher's chance. Let's remind everybody. There you go. The best Kentucky bourbon on the market. It's 5 o'clock somewhere. There we go. Ask your local liquor store to get it. If they don't have it, they'll bring it in. Okay, that was my little point or my push or my plug for myself okay um what is in the future for the schmo i mean we've got all these events happening all these events coming up but what what is what is what do you want to see yourself where do you see yourself in the next three years well i want to continue to grow uh doing this with as many sports as possible you mentioned wrestling the raiders are here in vegas doing some football i've done radio row i've, I've done uh uh, USA basketball. I've done NBA summer league. I want to ultimately have a late night sports type show for sports. I, I want to, my goal, Bruce is to be the number one sports personality in the world. And, and yeah. what that looks like is always evolving. We're living in this digital age where the internet's the wild, wild west. Yeah. You have to continue to innovate or you'll die. And this is a sample that I always use to, to the younger generations where I do case studies and I talk to them if I'm ever in any mentor position, but Toys R Us was big when I was a child. That's where everybody got their toys. Right. In the early 2000s, they didn't believe in the internet. They let Amazon handle their distribution fulfillment. And when you don't innovate, you die. And no industry, sports media, broadcasting, anything is exempt from that rule of thumb. And I want to continue to innovate with this character. I want to continue to push boundaries. I want to continue to entertain. Um, obviously, I'm developing my own podcast, the Schmozone podcast, where the curtain's away with the glasses and um, you know, maybe down the line, um, 10, 15 years down the line, uh, I've, I've, I admire what you do, Bruce, if no one's ever gonna replace you, but oh, if the you. baton can be passed one way or another, I think that would be cool. But I just wanna continue to entertain and talk sports and what that looks like, I'm open for that to evolve. Great attitude. Your whole attitude spells success formula. I mean, I have managed and worked with enough people in my life and seen people in their careers grow in my lifetime that um, I think you've got it all together, Dave. I think you're, I think you're, well, you are on your way. I think your attitude's great. I think your goal set is fantastic and your vision is superb. And uh, follow that, stick to your guns, stick to your rules, keep that humble attitude. And as the saying goes, if you see it, it will come and it's coming, it's happening. You're proving it. And it's going to be a lot of fun to watch the progression of your career as it develops. It's going to be very entertaining. And if I can help in any way or be part of it in any way, I'd love to. Uh, do me a favor. Send me an address. When the time comes, I'll get you uh, have a bottle of Puncher's Chance shipped out to you. If you could put it on your show, I'd appreciate it. 100%. We will salute to you on the show as soon as I have that. I can't wait. And we, we, we will take our shots in Fight Island. Yes. USC 254. Yeah, I think I need to bring two bottles this time, not one. It doesn't seem to last very long once people open it up, but that's, that's a problem I love to deal with, so it's all okay. 
Hey, we need a, a signature line of shades for, from the Schmo. We need uh, glasses everywhere. So, I, you know, I ventured, before you say anything, I venture to guess it's already on your business plan. I venture to guess. Just want to say that. 100%. So I'm actually working on that right now, and I'm hoping to have pre-orders by November. But that, that's something I've been working on for years, and uh, it is in the works, TJ. And when that comes out, uh, I, I got you guys, 100%. You'll Perfect. Be Love it. <laughs> Love it. I'll, I'll need them prescription, but I'll rock them, no doubt. I'll wear mine with contacts. It'll okay. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> I'm just, Come on. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. Um, Dave, share with us how people can follow you on social media. Let's get it all out there because I want to tell everybody, listen, very rarely does an entertaining character come along. It's like very rarely does a fighter in the UFC come along that has the it factor, like a Conor McGregor or Ronda Rousey and Israel Adesanya. And it factors come in every form of life and endeavor. We're talking to a gentleman who has the it factor, is proving it, and progressing with it. So I want to follow you. Tell other people how they can follow you, too, because you deserve to be followed, Dave. I appreciate that, Bruce. Very, very kind words. Um, you can follow me at the schmo 312 on Instagram and Twitter. Um, the schmo is my YouTube channel. So if you, you punch in the schmo, it's the same logo. You'll find me there. And, uh, the, and for the podcast that we do, too, uh, at the schmo zone would be the uh, Twitter and Instagram handle. So the schmo 312 and the schmo zone. Fantastic. Okay. I got it all locked in. Everybody out there, you get it locked in too, because our sport is all about entertainment, but it's also about what happens outside the sport and keeps you entertained by the personalities that are within the sport. This is one personality I suggest everybody follow. He is the schmo. His name is Dave, but he gets in that phone booth and he comes out with the glasses and he is the schmo. So, and I like the good. schmo. I found I like out today schmo. that the schmo is not a schmuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, but you were honest about the fact that Dave, I'm telling you, he was like, WTF, really? Seriously? I said, yes, seriously. seriously. It's just, gimmicks need to be done in certain ways to where they work and where they don't work. And I don't know in this environment, because, I mean, we talk about real things. You know, I, I don't know if the schmo would have worked for 45 minutes, but I'm, I'm sure happy Dave was here. Hey, well, I, I appreciate the transparency, TJ. I do. I do. And I'm sure you paid more in taxes last year than the president of the United States. So. <laughs> I, I believe I did for sure. I believe I did for sure. Well, we'll find out why uh, this show gets aired after with, you know, as we're taping this, the first presidential debate is tonight and I'll be glued for that 90 minutes to see how that's going to roll out. Yeah, me too. Okay. You know, I'm, you know, I'm not going to watch it. I'm just going to have Bruce tell me what I should think. Oh, uh, we'll talk about it next week. Cause we'll have Sammy on next week and I'm sure oh, she's going to dive into it. <laughs> All Dave, right, we Dave. appreciate it, man. Thanks so yeah. much. It was really nice to, to get to know you on, in this forum. Of course. Thank you, TJ. And thank you, Bruce. I really appreciate you guys having me on. And uh, as soon as it's live, I'll share it across all my social media. That's fantastic. You're very welcome. And, you know, I always say many times behind, uh, you know, a great man, a good man is a fine woman. And the person you work with, Helen, does a great job. Uh, she's awesome. I don't think you could ask for anybody more special. I learned that she's actually training at the airport. She's telling me, she, I said, you walk like a swimmer, right? And then yeah. she tells me that she's training for the Olympics in swimming. Yes. I, I am so lucky. She is uh, my better half. I found her grinding, doing the sports too. And uh, at Helen E sports for her Twitter and her Instagram. And she's amazing. She grinds. She loves doing this. Um, she, her story's pretty spectacular. And, yeah. she, and it, as you said, she's training for the 2024 Olympics in the 50 free. That's amazing. 
50 freestyle. Good that luck. Is, that's what I swam in high school, but that's high school. That's not the Olympics. That's just unreal. Anyway, kudos to her. You guys make a great team. Please tell her I said hello. It was a pleasure getting to know both of you this trip, and I look forward to seeing you in Abu Dhabi in a few weeks. Sounds great. I will. Thank you, and we'll see you soon. All right. See you, Dave. Take care, Dave. Cheers. Take care. Bye-bye now. I'm telling you, Bruce, that was, was uh, unexpected unexpectedly pleasant i guess i mean i wasn't expecting yeah. it to be a bad time but again like everything is in moderation and that's one thing that i think you know professional wrestling characters when you think about the way they're presented it's it, it's done in such a manner where it, it's in these strict confines and they never uh, expose anyone for for too long and, and that's what i was a little bit worried about here is yeah. if you are going to carry up that gimmick this whole dynamic of the show would would essentially change. You and I wouldn't be able to have the conversation that we have about yeah. current events and things like that because we'll always kind of be waiting to get out of the way for a punchline or something like that, and, and that's it, not what the show's about. So, uh, no, I, I was quite uh, pleasantly uh, pleased with, with his uh, appearance, and uh, like I said, I, I like getting to know Dave. Absolutely me also. I mean, it, it's the equivalent of me being in announcer mode during this whole podcast. It wouldn't work. Right. right. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, because you don't speak the way you announce. You no, know what I mean? No, and, and no. I mean, if you did, it would be terrible. Oh, I wouldn't have any friends. <laughs> they wouldn't Hi, want to have dinner with me. How are you doing? <laughs> Pass the butter. No, 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 no. Actually, that might be kind of hilarious. Let's do that. <laughs> Maybe at Thanksgiving if Michael's at the table. Ah, uh, Thanksgiving. You know, that's one thing that I, I feel like we're getting too close to. Thanksgiving is like the real start of the holiday season, Bruce. Yeah. And we are no better off in knowing where we're going moving nope. forward. And nope. if I can't have a normal Thanksgiving, I don't know what I'm going to do with myself, honestly. Like, that's, that's going to hurt the heart a little bit. I'm afraid that uh, we can. It's going to be like my mother's birthday um, a number of weeks ago, a few weeks ago. You know, the immediate family was over, but we couldn't all sit at the table together. Right. We had to yeah. be distanced. And yeah. Um, it's, yeah. Well, look. While we're on the COVID talk, we want to get into the current things happening here. Um, I touched on the presidential debate. You um, really going to watch tonight? Uh, you know, sitting back doing all the work I have to do, I'll have it on the background. You know, I want yeah. to see. It'd be interesting to see if uh, Biden's going to come out and hit him on the taxes and President Trump's going to come out and hit him on some of the statements he's made recently. And there's a lot of dirty politics going on. So we'll see how much of that enters into the 90 minutes, as well as how much of the reality of our current situation in life and the state of this country and where we're at divided America, you know, as I say, um, right. what it, it's just, it's so different than any other potential presidential debate ever. So yeah, I'm going to watch it. I, I mean, I'll probably watch it. I don't know how much I can stomach of it though, because here, here's the thing. Even if I were a Trump supporter, this debate is all posturing. It, it's going to be a posturing sort of gimmick contest. And Donald Trump is the king of posture, the king of gimmickry in a lot of ways. And I feel like there's no way, there's no possible way that he comes out not winning this thing. Like, he's just, he's playing a game that Joe Biden just has never really been forced to play on these terms. It's interesting, and, and it sounds true to what you're saying, but the other key factor tonight is unlike past presidential debates, there is no fact-checking fact checking well, during th this debate. There is fact checking. It'll just be done online and everybody online. will argue about it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, the I, aftermath is going to be crazy. Has the, I guess I didn't know that. Have there been fact checking in other debates? Like, to someone my knowledge, said something? And, to my and, knowledge, yes. and then the, the moderator will call them out on that? 
Uh, to my knowledge, that's been the case. I don't want to say for sure. I was just listening to CNN earlier, and, and they were bringing it up. But, uh, yeah, it, as I understood it, fact-checking was before. Let's see how the whole thing pans out. Again, we're taping this on the day of the debate. It, right. It'll be released after the debate, I'm sure. How many debates are there? There are three? Two? Three? I, I, I am not sure. that the, the election's five weeks away. So Right. But I think, I, th I think there's usually two or three, but I don't know. Yeah, it doesn't stand out of the ordinary. Little uh, COVID update here: the uh, coronavirus vaccine, which is being developed by Glaxo Welcome, um, the popular, uh, not popular, excuse me, Glaxo. Well known, fine, yeah, well known thing. There's one key thing out of this, you know, in the flu vaccine, which is developed. Uh, this vaccine, they they need sharks. They need parts of sharks to make flu vaccines. Okay, really? I didn't, I didn't know if you knew that or not. All I right. mean, I, knew, I I thought it was like eggs. I think it was something about like like the fluid in eggs they used. There's an amount of in a shark called squalene, okay. right? Which they need one dose per person to make this vaccine. If two doses are required, they're going to need two doses. But here's the negative side of it, mm -hmm. okay? A half million sharks will have to be killed in order to make this vaccine. What kind? Uh, does not say exactly the type of shark. Obviously, maybe it's just normal, but squalene is... Are there is, shark farms? Uh Again, I don't know, but here's another thing. Squalene is also used highly in cosmetics and in machine oils, right? Okay. They estimate that about 3 million sharks a year are killed just for the squalene. They got to be raised then. I mean, no one's fishing for that many sharks. They got to be raised somewhere on a farm, a hatchery. Well, uh, some shark, you know, some shark livers weigh as much as 180 pounds. No, I had no idea. Yeah. That's, I mean, I believe it. Uh, Orca whales love sharks because they like shark livers. There's a, a fantastic documentary about that. Um, I watched it on Hulu. Uh, it talks about um, two separate instances. One, I think, was way back in the 80s um, where these orcas, like, hunted great whites. Yeah. Like, legit hunted great whites. And it's yeah. like, wow. Yeah, exactly. Crazy. Uh, there was a news today that came out, the um, Titans and the Vikings. They're shutting down their team facilities um, now after a COVID breakout, uh, yeah. something like only like five or seven people, but the question is, which they need to do because that five or seven can affect everything. Right. Um, but the question is, the Sunday game, uh, when they play each other, uh, who's going to practice? That, right? that's, I mean, if you remember when we were talking about sports, this was the sport that I was worried about. Yeah. Um, because football teams are so big, because they're in such close proximity when they play. I mean, they're literally running into each other. Uh, you know, hockey even – is more separated because there's more pads. You don't actually touch skin. Um, you, you play with sticks. Uh, but football, for all intents and purposes, is like MMA, but it's done with, you know, 50 people on each team. Right. Um, granted, they're not all out on the field at the same time, but uh, th this is the one sport that immediately, once they said they were going to get back to, to business, it just made me kind of go, I don't know if that's a good idea. And, I mean, I, I know some teams are already playing, but but college – I mean, college campuses are, you know, uh, a haven for these these sorts of breakouts. They're everywhere, and uh, yeah, I don't I don't know. I know the Big Ten. I think is is starting at the end of October. Um, some of the other teams are already playing. We talked about that last week. But uh, foot, football, I don't I don't know. I don't see it ending well. Well, the interesting. Th I hope you know. I hope it does end well. But the, me too. The, the interesting thing about this is is that the safety and protocol that these football teams. If if I watch, when I watch Hard Knocks, if I'm not mistaken, they get tested almost every day. Right. Yeah, but the, the problem with that, too, though, is, is it's not a fast test. I mean, it is. It's like a day. But, like, the, the question is, Bruce, like, when these people are getting tested, 
are they really being in lockdown or are they still kind of going outside of that bubble or at least are they you know interacting with other people inside the bubble because even if you're safe quote unquote inside the bubble if so and so has it and you're you know practicing with each other then you're exposed it's no different than being on the outside i just got out of a bubble right I'm back i was tested four times last week i'm back yep. home with my family and my friends right what i do as i mentioned before in the show on thursday i'm going to the doctor to get another test i don't know sure i tested uh, negative last friday but i was at a show i just was right. flew back with everybody and yeah i'm safety you know mass the whole bit but you just never know i mean this no. is the this is the position that we're in and i i want to go see my mom you know it's, which i'll be seeing at a distance but i'm not i'm not gonna see her till i get a test right it's next to impossible to be certain that everything's fine unless you go get a test and unless you isolate you know immediately after the test but if you go to the doctor and then you walk through the waiting room you've got tested now you've still been exposed to others you know what i mean it's it's very very hard let me tell you how nervous i got at one time and i'm not saying anything bad about the people that were in the elevator i won't even mention names i just got um what was it oh i the the spa opened up at the uh, w hotel which was closed in our previous trip but they opened it up and it's all covid safe and when i heard it opened up i called i got the very first appointment for a massage nice. right nice which she had the mask on rubber gloves the right. whole bit and um so i'm out i'm relaxed i get in the elevator i'm standing there can't wait to get back to my room you know take advantage of the of the relaxation feeling get a good night's sleep starting at 12 in the afternoon of course and three fighters or two fighters and their coach sweaty as hell from the gym walked in the elevator with me standing there sure i walked out of the elevator in my room and i go damn it you know and they're, the they're actually get this the doors were closing uh-huh me alone and you're only allowed two in the elevator right right and then all of a sudden three came in and normally you know me tg i'd be like guys no wait Right. But I was so relaxed. I just right. You were Zen. I was in Zen. Yeah. And then I get out and go, oh, man, I'm yeah. so safe about everything. But you it know? doesn't, I mean, it doesn't matter, Bruce. Like, one good thing is you know that everybody is being held to the same yeah. standards yeah. inside the bubble, so you're probably right. fine. But but look, the, at the, look at the football team we're talking about. I hear you. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, I mean, no matter how safe you try to be, you are still at the mercy of everyone else and, and how safe they are. And, uh I know people, I mean, I look at the YouTube comments. I know that people are sick of us talking about it and sorry. that's fine. I get it, sorry. but like, I don't know, man. I just, this is, this is what we live in. And whether you believe in it or not, this is going to continue to be a problem until, I mean, until I guess you're like my good old uncle Ron down there in Florida, uh, Governor Ron DeSantis just said, screw it, we're open. Like, okay. Okay. I was just I guess. Bring, I was about to bring this up. He's not my uncle, People, by the way. I know he's not. I said that one time, and that, someone actually believed me. I was like, come on, he's like four yeah. years older than me. Hey, perception is reality. But, you know, the, the bottom line is is that, okay, everybody's being safe. We're talking about all this in protocol. And, yes, the state of Florida, unlike any other state in the country, has not opened 25%. Has not opened 50%. They're now open 100%. Yeah. They're the state that has major spiking above everybody else. What do you think is going to come out of this in 30 days? I don't think I need to ask you. I think we all know. I mean, and I, I, and I hate to say it. I hate to think about it. I don't know. I, I don't want to be negative about it because that certainly doesn't help. But I also refuse to be positive about it. You know okay. what I mean? So I don't know. I don't know. I, I just, Bruce, I just want to get back to normal as quickly I as possible, too. especially as we get closer and closer to the holidays. And it's not going to be, I mean, I'm, I'm not a huge holiday shopper. But never have I in my life wanted to go shopping in the mall and have that experience more than 
I do with my family right now, but I'm, I'm saying in a safe environment and that's just not going to be a possibility. So I, I guess I need to let that go. Take it one step further. Every year, of course, the boys, my boys are 12 and 15 now, but every year up until a certain point when Santa Claus was believed to be Santa Claus, and, you know, he's still Santa Claus to all of us, no matter how we do it. Right. But the big thing was to take the boys of the Grove here in L.A. Mm -hmm. to sit on Santa Claus's lap and give them their gift wish, their gift list, right? Yeah. Yep. That's not going to happen this year. No, I mean, is Santa going to be there with a, with a COVID mask and you can't even sit on his lap and the kids would be six feet away? How is no. that going to happen? Hazmat Santa? No. Yeah, it's just, uh, you know, all these little wonderful things of life that are so good for the kids. And, yeah. and we get back hey, to it. It's one thing I should uh, let everyone know, I just got breaking news, that uh, there have been no confirmed cases of COVID in the North Pole. Uh, the elves have been isolated in the bubble. <laughs> and uh, all the toys are being made on time. So Christmas is still 100% a go this year, ladies and gentlemen. So Santa will come down the chimney yep. in a hazmat suit and deliver all the all the toys yep and if you just stay sleeping in bed uh no risk of exposure for anybody he's happy to do it perfect let's remind everybody about this right before christmas we want to make sure we keep them up to date on the proper safety and protocol yes, sir. i'm i'm Eve. i'm uh, in uh contact with buddy the elf the head pr of the uh, north pole and uh, santa claus so don't worry we're, we're on top of it now <laughs> now you know new orleans is one of the biggest party towns in the world right yeah bourbon street the whole bit so sure. They have COVID-19 uh, restrictions, of course, but now, and this is interesting, they are going to be allowing bars to mm -hmm. remain open and serve go, to-go alcoholic drinks. In other words, you'll be able to go to a bar, you'll be able to get your alcoholic drink uh -huh. and walk down Bourbon Street. So, okay, you can get your drink and you can walk down, but now you're creating a potential hazard, in my opinion, of people gathering with yeah. looser personalities due to drinking in the streets. Yeah creating a party atmosphere so what is the rules about gatherings it doesn't matter it doesn't, it doesn't matter. matter what they are because like you said once you start i mean just like you fresh out of the massage you're feeling good once you start having a couple drinks you feel good and then all of a sudden you forget that we're living in a pandemic so you get you get a little lax right you get a little lax i mean and people that are pretty you know careful bruce are already to that point because we've been doing it for so long like how long can you continue to constantly be uh, on alert. I mean, I've done done it myself. I've walked, uh, you know, all the way up to the supermarket stores and realized, ah, crap, I don't have my mask on. And then had to, you know, turn around and go back to the car and get it. It's not that I don't think it's serious. It's not that I'm trying to, you know, skirt the system or just not care anymore. It's just, it's easy to forget. Yeah, it is. And, you know, just like we talked about uh, 2020 being what is proving to be uh, one of the most horrific years, if not the most horrific year. It's the dumbest year through. ever. It, I mean, it's seriously. just crazy. Yeah. But just when you thought it wasn't safe to go back in the water, Texas now has warned Houston area residents that there's a brain eating amoeba in the water and residents of South Texas, they got more than COVID to worry about now because they were just told to use, excuse me, they were just told not to use unfiltered water so it's if in they don't want their brains water. to go to mush it's in their drinking water oh no i thought but, you were saying like maybe like the gulf like don't no. go in the gulf but uh, like uh. don't drink tap water nope you know a brain eating said, amoeba i always said one of the worst i maybe i shouldn't even say this publicly but you know it's like you think terrorists and what could they could do to really harm thing you drop something in the drinking water i, I yeah. i'm sorry i even said that to give anybody a horrific yeah. idea I mean, but, but but that's but the thing bruce like you thought it meaning someone else much more nefarious has already thought about it. So um, I don't know. It, it's, it's a scary, scary world. I'm not trying to like 
fear monger here and tell everyone that you know the end times are near because I don't necessarily believe that. No, no, but, no, no, no. But okay, it's, let's not go there. But it, but it, but I'm I'm with you, Bruce. Like it's that's yeah. that's something that we have to worry about constantly. And uh, apparently, a brain eating amoeba. I don't know. I'm not ready for that. Well, now you got residents like you know uh, Derek the Beast, right? He lives right, in yeah. Houston. Yeah. He's got to wear his mask, stay COVID-safe protocol. Now he can't even drink his own water. And now yeah, you wonder I mean, about the hoarding that's going to go on on bottled water in Texas, in, in Houston. Yeah, right? I mean, it, we don't even know if it ever even got back to normal. You know what I mean? Like, I still yeah. look at the, the grocery store when I go in there, and there are things that I, I still haven't seen in months. Like, I've been able to buy some bleach wipes online, but I've not what been able you? to go into a supermarket and buy bleach wipes. They just no, don't forget exist. Forget about it. It yeah. can happen. Yeah. It can happen. Hand sanitizer is the same thing. There's, the, the toilet paper's gotten better, for sure. Um, I, bottled water's gotten better, for sure, but yeah, like if you want uh, bleach wipes or disinfecting anything, uh, you're going to have to get it from somewhere other than your local store. Well, I will say one thing down in Houston. If you're an entrepreneur, if you're in the water purifier business, you better be putting yourself out there because the only well, way to deal with this, if you can afford it, is like what I have in my house is I got a filtered system, so purified water is coming out of every spigot. Granted, it's not cheap. Do you know how many small an amoeba it. is, though, Bruce? Like I don't even I know. know if a filter necessarily stops an amoeba. I don't know if I would even trust it. You know, I mean, I, you're not wrong there. I mean, if, if there's confirmed risk in the drinking water, why would you even bother? So now I have a question, too. You want to take a shower. You're not drinking the water. Water gets in your ear, gets in your nose. I mean, does that mean you can't shower? I mean, what, a, what is the extent of this? I don't even know what an amoeba is other than, like, a really tiny little cell. So, I, yeah, I would – I mean, and it's going to be real expensive if you're dousing yourself in bottles of Ice Mountain. That's oh, crazy, crazy. All right, let's get on to a couple of hero stories. There's two hero stories I want to cover this week. One, you probably heard about uh, the man who was with his three kids at the car dealership when bullets rang out, and the first thing he did was shield his body over his six, five, and two-year-old kids and took a bullet to the thigh, and they didn't catch the shooter. It was the Bronx, New York car dealership. The man was fired from both his jobs after this because he couldn't go to work. Okay. What? Yep. He, he saved was, his kids. He saved he his was kids. Fired. He took a bullet. He's a head painter at a maintenance company. He's a construction worker in New York City. Uh, the companies have not been named, but he was not put on leave or whatever. He was fired. Horrific point number one. The good news is his children are safe. He is okay. And when I say okay, he's recovering. They started a GoFundMe page, which has now raised over $200,000 for him at last note. I mean, that's, that's good. Um, I, I it's can't, like out of a movie, TJ. That, One of those a, bullets could have hit his kid. He saved his kid. First off, kids. first off, that's awesome that he immediately even had that thought. Because uh, a lot of people in a situation like that, they freeze and go, is that gunshots? They don't even do anything. Like just, their brain just kind of like stops. Um, so good on him for having the wherewithal to do that, but shame on these companies, Buff. Well, you know, how, you know how I donate um, partial proceeds from the video sales and yeah. the audio sales that come in at BruceBuffer.com. And, and just, in, just email us at info at BruceBuffer.com if you're interested in or get your championship introduction at BruceBuffer.com. But there's my plug for that. But, I, but this is something that I would like to donate to. I mean, it, it, this, think about it. Yeah, right? no. Um, you know, the, the only thing that I worry about is, is you sometimes worry about these stories being legit because GoFundMe and, and things like that have this uh, really taken off. But, 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 yeah, I mean, if that's true, that's just absolutely horrible. Yep. Absolutely horrible. Let me give you another one here. 
you know, we talk about shark attacks on the show and stuff like that. Okay. Florida is very well known for shark attacks that have happened, bull sharks, which can swim into streams going inland, stuff like that, and survive Mm on uh, freshwater, not just saltwater. But moments, okay, get this. You're, You're in the Florida Keys. People are in their boats. They're swimming around you. They're snorkeling. They're having fun. So an Atlanta-based couple is there on their boat, right? Mm-hmm. The husband is thinking about it. They're on a private 20-foot boat. He jumps into the water, okay? Right. As soon as he jumps in the water, like within whatever, a short period of time, he's 30 years old, an 8 to 10-foot, that's huge, bull shark slams and latches onto his shoulder. No. His wife, who, was, who is pregnant, jumps into the water to save her husband and however it worked out, they managed to get back on the boat. I mean, he's in bad shape with his shoulder. Sure. But kudos to her. Yeah. Another hero. She reacted like this, kind of like the, the woman picking the car up off her, you know, the, the, the strength to pick the car up that's, that's her child is under. You know, those, those stories we hear about or urban legends or whatever. So kudos to her. Pregnant, leaped in the water and pulled him to safety. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's true love. For sure. True love. Awesome. I, I mean, I hope I can be brave, that brave in, in a moment like that. You know what I mean? Or at least, honestly, like, like I said about the gentleman who recognized the shots, like, I just hope I can think that quick. You're a big chocolate lover, aren't you? I hope no. it you. Oh, you're not? No, I don't like chocolate very much. Depending, well, people, depending, like, I like uh, a decent dark chocolate if it's, like, on an almond. Right. Okay. Well, that's good. Well, you know what? Chocolate you is think up. that I just eat everything. I know I'm a little <laughs> bit bigger, Bruce, but like, no, I'm not I even... wasn't insinuating that. But well, I, you're I'm like, sorry. oh, you love fast food, right, TJ? Well, no, not really. I mean, do you know the, Do you know the average American consumes nine and a half pounds of chocolate a year? And in Switzerland, I don't believe that. Really? Yep, the average, the average. Uh, American, I definitely don't. Nine and a half pounds. And Switzerland, which we all know about Swiss chocolate, averages 19.8 pounds per person per year. Okay. We, we, we don't all know about Swiss chocolate. Is it supposed to be good? Oh, Swiss chocolate supposed to be some of the finest chocolate in the world. But here's the thing. It comes from a certain area in West Africa, you know, where, the, where, where it grows. I mean, the cocoa, be- the cocoa right. bean plantations. But now it's like, again, it's, it's, it's affecting the environment. It's affecting the environment, all this. I mean, the, 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 the um, how do I say the global deforestation is now at really high rates in West Africa. It could have an effect on the ability to harvest or whatever the proper term is to the chocolate, to make chocolates. It's just so crazy. TJ, every time we turn around the simple pleasures in life, the simple things that we do in life are all being affected environmentally, whether it's global warming or whatever. It just, it, we are really deteriorating the world ourselves. Yeah. You know, we're doing yeah. it ourselves. It's not deteriorating naturally. It's deteriorating unnaturally. And here's another example of why. You know, and I'm not saying that, you know, we shouldn't have our chocolate or you shouldn't right. eat chocolate. Sure, sure. It's just an example of what the simple pleasure of a chocolate and a cocoa yeah. bean plant to get the chocolate, the effect it has on it just in the harvesting for our own personal pleasures. Yeah, I, uh, I never would have thought that that much chocolate was uh, in demand. That's kind of crazy. Well, here's another demand that's going to blow you away. Now, this is the stupid is a stupid does story or the whatever. In Vietnam, <laughs> police have seized 345,000 condoms. Do you know why, TJ? No. Because the condoms were used condoms that have been cleaned and are being packaged to be resold as new. What the f- Don't what? do it, Buff. You already, you already I, didn't, that, I didn't want to say it, but it yeah. kind of coordinated, but yeah. it's like- yeah. 
I, seriously? I, yeah, I don't. Seriously? I First don't off, know. Who the hell went out and grabbed 345,000 used condoms and where? Seriously, how do you find them? How do you do that? Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. The bags weighed more than 794 pounds, which is the equivalent of 345,000 condoms. Where's this story from? Okay, it's CNN. Okay, well, it's a real outlet. <laughs> it's a real outlet. Because uh, I'm with Ubers. How do you find them? I don't know. This just doesn't seem real to me. And, I mean, condoms are so cheap. I mean, is it really that profitable to reuse them? Yeah, and who I mean, cleans them? Who cleans them? Again, I, where do you even find them? I'm, I'm sorry. I don't They, they were know. boiled in water, then dried and reshaped on a wooden phallus so they could be repackaged and resold. Wouldn't what? they melt? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe there's certain temperatures you can boil these things at. Well, if, I mean, they're, that, if, if they're repa if like reshaped, I'm thinking that maybe they just get boiled down again. Like maybe it's not so much used condoms. Maybe it's used latex. Used condoms well they're used condoms yeah. quote-unquote if it's used latex made into condoms because they're used kind of no i don't know are, i'm just are... trying to figure out how this works Bruce, because again i'm with you i don't know how many people can go out there and find that many used condoms and be like oh well, we'll wash them and sell them again what they did they did what can i say I, I i don't even know how to comment beyond a certain point i should have maybe saved that story for sammy when she i, I thought you were going to tell me that show was on the onion <laughs> no all right, listen, kudos to uh, Joe Montana. You heard about that, right? No. Joe Montana, an intruder, went into his Malibu home, right? Whoa. An intruder goes into his Malibu home, and basically his child mm -hmm. was being held. The intruder grabbed the child and tried to run away and kidnap the child. And Joe Montana confronted him uh, then, right? Uh -huh. It was a woman, a 39-year-old woman who entered the home, uh -huh. right? She got in through an unlocked door. She saw a woman holding a baby. Uh -huh. Right. And she grabbed the baby and tried to get away in Montana to stop that situation from happening. That's terrifying. What? Yeah. I didn't even expect you to be able to get close to Joe Montana's home. Yeah. I, I'm surprised. Much Let alone less walk through door. the door. Yeah. Uh, you know, the Stanley Cup. I mean, kudos to Joe Montana. Thank God everybody's safe. All that. Uh, there was sure. a little incident here in um, I was down in Florida. They were watching the Stanley Cup and, you know, neighbors are yelling, shoot, shoot, shoot. <laughs> excuse me the, the people watching yelling shoot 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 and a neighbor called 911 thinking that somebody was getting shot well at least they called 911 instead of getting their own gun and running around yeah exactly crazy that, was, person. that was a quick story a quick throwaway story but here's here's a feel-good story before we end the show an 89 year old piece of delivery driver right mm -hmm. um he was he received a surprise delivery of his own from his regulars on his route i mean he's 89 years old and yeah. he's delivering. Okay, he's yeah. out there, basically a frontline worker, mm -hmm. you know, doing his thing. He never saw this coming, right? But he received a $12,000 tip from his wow. people that he was doing. I, 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 really, I really think that's just wonderful. It's a great you know? story. It's a great story. They always asked him, asked for the guy when ordering pizza, it says here. Yeah. Uh, he started recording his deliveries as TikTok videos. And um, asked the followers, they asked the followers to make donations, and he received $12,000 in tips. Are you going to tell me that his employer then fired him for taking the tip? God, no. Okay, God, good. how can you fire a prime I mean, I, oh, that would just ruin this whole story, but no. I know, I know. No, not at all. 2020, uh, though, Bruce, you never know. This would be the year that that would happen. This is the year that's creating history for the future, and not just the regular history that's being created from past history. Wait, just, someone was shooting, and you shielded your child from getting shot? You're fired. What?
I'm done. I hate this year. I wish hate they released. I wish they would release the name of those companies. Those companies. Oh name God, I don't think does they could need survive. to be released. They wouldn't survive. No, no, it's hard enough to survive today anyway in this in this environment in which we're in. Right. All right, TJ, uh, go ahead. Anything to tell the audience before we take off? Uh, I'll be live this Saturday night, immediately following the UFC Fight Night card that pits Holly Holm against Irene Aldana in the main event. Um, it'll be me and former UFC fighter turned Invicta FC flyweight title challenger Pearl Gonzalez to uh, break down the card. So uh, hopefully you will join us. It is Extra Rounds, uh, exclusively available uh, live on the UFC Fight Pass Facebook page and then anytime on demand on UFC Fight Pass. Awesome. And I will be live this Saturday night, but not in the octagon. I will be live watching TV on ESPN Plus, <laughs> watching the UFC. It's a heck of a show. I always love to watch Holly Holm fight. Uh, it's going to be a very strong fight against uh, Irina Aldana. Um, also another female fight on thing, uh, Juliana Pena coming back. Mm -hmm. at number four, fighting Jermaine Durandamy at yep. the number one contender in the Bantamweight division. That's going to definitely be a war for it all. A lot of good fights in the card. And Carlos Condit is back fighting Fort McGee. I saw that. Yeah. I had no idea that he was even coming back. That was a I, nice, pleasant surprise for me. I'll tell you the funniest thing. I, John Anik and I are walking, right? We're going down to, to get dinner or breakfast, whatever. And we ran into Carlos Condit on the last day we were there. And I'm like, oh, Carlos, are you here coaching or cornering something? No, I'm fighting. I said, oh, sorry, I had no Carlos. idea. Yeah, I, I had no idea. Either. I mean, I'm not announcing the fight. I didn't know you were on the card. He looks great. His attitude's right. great. I've always loved watching Carlos Condit. Oh, fantastic fighter, always entertaining, and a super, super nice man. And Court McGee, I think, is coming off two losses, isn't he? Uh, I don't have two. that in front of me. but sure. Yeah. But he's always, listen, he's a tough fighter, John Hackman trained. You know, it's going to be a war. So my best to all the fighters, I will not be in the octagon for this show. I will not be in the octagon for the next show, and I will not be on the octagon for the show after that. But I will be back in Abu Dhabi for UFC 254 because bet your patootie that I will be watching every UFC and glued. Definitely. I love my UFC. No question. Um, with that being said, I am going to be back next week with TJ with a very special guest and lots of work to be done here. And again, puncher's chance, just so everybody knows, let me give the layout here just exactly if I may uh, to tell everybody about puncher's chance. Cause I get asked a lot, where can I buy it? Okay. Just so you know, in September, we started distribution. Okay, we started distribution in Florida, Indiana, Kentucky, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Texas, and California. All right. So we will have a website up soon where you can order directly uh, and get your bottles sent everywhere. We will be in all 50 states next year. But right now, our first 10,000 plus cases have sold out. We're considered one of the fastest moving new spirit lines ever in the United States. I'm very excited to make that statement. The uh, results and the critiques are that everybody loves it. But if you walk into any of these stores, if you live in the States, again, Florida, California, Indiana, Kentucky, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Texas, and your local store does not have a puncher's chance on the shelf, just ask them to request it from their distributor and they will bring it in. And that's the best I can tell you. So again, everybody in life has a puncher's chance. That's what this is all about. So enjoy it. And also, thank you again for all your videos and audios coming into BruceBuffer.com. And, of course, my page over at Cameo.com, keeping me very busy doing all that. And there's many other people that you can order Cameos from, too, such as TJ DeSantis. So get your Cameos there. Get your orders in. The man himself will say some very nice things for you, whether it's your birthday, your wedding, you name it. Get TJ to give you a little note. And, of course, I'm always there at your disposal, too. And again, partial proceeds do go to military, animal, and children charities and special charities, as we noted earlier on the show. With that being said, TJ, have a great week. 
enjoy yourself. I'm going to enjoy myself. I got a little, I don't really have much downtime, but I'm just happy to be home for two and a half weeks and enjoying myself. And everybody sit out there, set your goals, write them down, learn about them. So when you set on that path, you can be the best you can be, be a role model to your sphere of influence and just perform at the best you can believe in yourself, try to be passionate about what you're doing. It'll be a lot better for you as you go up against everything you have to face in life and be a winner. Because if you're being your best, doing your best, acting your best, then that means you're winning. And that's what we're all about on the show. We like to talk about it. It's about positivity. It's about looking to the future as bright and practice your safety and protocol. Stay together. We are the United States of America. Let's not be the divided States of America. Let's win this war, every war coming up, no matter what happens. But above all, wake up every day, feel proud and feel happy and feel humble and enjoy who you are and have a good life. I wish everybody the best. Big cheers and no fears. Buffer out.